0: Welcome to another exciting episode of Disruptive Minds. In this episode, we have the privilege of hosting Matthew Rolnick, a trailblazer in professional development, strategic partnerships, and LinkedIn mastery. Matthew has not only generated over 60 corporate clients for Yaymaker through his LinkedIn content, but has also become a go-to consultant for CEOs, entrepreneurs, and leaders, helping to build powerful brand presences on LinkedIn. Matthew's captivating presence extends beyond his consulting. He shares transformative stories of turning ordinary workplaces into dynamic centers of creativity. His unique approach to professional branding goes beyond image enhancement, directly impacting the bottom line. Tune in as Matthew unfolds the art of forming meaningful connections through LinkedIn, social selling, showcasing strategies that are not just proven, but also tangible and adaptable. Get ready to elevate your business with Matthew Rolnick. You are listening to Disruptive Minds Podcast, home of the entrepreneur. Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us today on Disruptive Minds. I'm real excited to dig down and talk a little bit about company culture and like what makes a good culture, how we can improve our cultures, and how we can overall be more effective in the workplace.
1: Great. Well, Bill, great talking today. I love talking about corporate culture, so it's one of my favorite topics. So,
0: yeah. So, could you give the listeners a little bit of an idea about your background? I know that you're really big in defining your Yay, and you know that's a that's a big part of what you do.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, my background. So, I work for a company called Yaymaker. And we do corporate team building events. So we're constantly talking about corporate culture and employee engagement. Um, I'm the vice president of strategy and and innovation, but I help work on partnerships. And I also, I write a lot on corporate culture and employee engagement. My company specializes in a lot of creative experiences like paint nights and plant nights and ukulele making and trivia. Um, But um, I've worked for lots of companies. I've worked for and seen a lot of different types of cultures. So I work for small companies, but I work for companies like the Tribune, um, internet startups. I was—I uh, used to work for Groupon. I met the CEO Andrew Mason when he started with seven employees and watched it grow to twelve thousand, and then watch it evolve and change with that. So I've experienced a lot of different types of corporate cultures, and I've talked to a lot of corporate culture leaders. Um, so, but a little bit of my background is, um, again, I—I uh, I consider myself fairly entrepreneurial. And uh, I've got a couple courses on Udemy on entrepreneurship and writing, and then I like to write and talk a lot about um, corporate culture and employee engagement. And maybe we'll get to do an episode about ukulele making in the future. (laughs) There you go. People get sometimes skeptical, but once they do it, they love it. And uh, we teach them how to make it, design it, play a song. But yeah, it's funny. It's interesting how... Getting people outside of their elements, besides their work, and getting people to play and connect—it's a different way for employees to connect, which can be one aspect of helping improve culture.
0: Yeah, it sounds—it sounds really fun. I'm—I'm I'm a big fan of like the ukulele kits and all that, and you know, it's—it's it's, it's always a good time. So, could you describe what is culture in the workplace? It's like this big buzzword that's you know thrown around, and it usually is used to explain a lot of different things, but nobody ever really nails it down. So what would you say culture is?
1: So, you know, you can look at kind of a textbook definition where they'll talk about corporate culture referring to shared values and attitudes and behaviors, characteristics, how people work together. So that's kind of the definition. Um, For me to simplify it, I look at it as the personality of the company. So whatever that personality of the company is, that's what I feel like really kind of defines the a company culture, what their ethics, goals, values are. Um, so I again, I call it the personality and you see different types of cultures. Some cultures are very innovative. Some are very results focused. Some are more competitive cultures, collaborative. Um, so it, it, each one, ha- just like different people have personalities, I think culture really starts at the top with all, usually the CEO, um, but all leaders and employees can impact it. But again, if I'm going to, oversimplify I would say it's that personality of the company
0: yeah something that always comes to mind when I hear the word culture is did you ever see the old Apple commercials where they personify Mac and PC
1: oh yeah yeah yeah
0: and show how like the two different personalities work with the two different systems and they tried to frame Mac as being like this cool hip thing and PC being like the thing your dad does a spreadsheet on (laughs) and and it's 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 you know that's an ad that's a marketing ploy but it's funny because when I think of companies one of my favorite things to do is like try to personify them be like if this company was a person yes what would their personality be who would they be what would they look like what would their hobbies be and I I think it's a really fun exercise
1: yeah you know what I like those commercials and you're right they positioned was it IBM to be like or to be square and really stiff and apple to be hip and cool but i've always been impressed with steve jobs when he was there and the ceo and just i feel like he embodied and led the culture by his personality and drive and again that's an example of a company that really thrives for innovation and i feel like everyone would try to elevate their game and try to improve and have a hardworking culture and just always be the best. So I feel like, but he led by example, and I feel like the one thing is whatever culture you want, and especially if you're at the top, you better, uh, you know, you better walk your talk.
0: Yeah, I, I I read his biography the other day. Amazing, highly recommend it. But there's a reason why you see these guys like Elon Musk, right? You see the guys like Steve Jobs right? You see the guys like Zuckerberg or Bezos, it's because they're giant personalities, right? They, they have ways of doing things and approaches that set them apart from everybody else, right? Like Elon Musk doesn't even have a house. Like he sleeps on the seat, sleep the SpaceX floor some nights. And it, it's funny because, you know, everything does kind of trickle down from the top, right? When you see your leadership have these sorts of traits and these sorts of habits, uh, you know, it really does have influence over the entire company.
1: Oh, 100%. And again, I look at the Elon Musk and the Steve Jobs and the Jeff Bezos. You know, they're a little bit of anomalies. I mean, in today's corporate world, and co- you know, you see a lot of startups with 5, 10 employees. There's em- companies with 100 employees and a few thousand. And you'll see um, so many different types of personalities. So I think there's lots of different leadership personalities and ways of instilling culture. So I've seen several different, I'd say, personalities kind of shine through and I think can be very healthy cultures. I've also seen unhealthy cultures as well. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, that brings up the next point I really wanted to get into. And that's, you know, what makes a culture good or healthy? And what makes a culture bad or toxic? I mean, I think we've all encountered both in our lifetimes. And, you know, it's, it's a fun exercise to try to nail down you know, what are like these core traits that they share?
1: A good culture, I think it's when in general, if employees and everybody, you know, enjoys their job, they feel the sense of trust, um, they understand the company's mission um, and values and there's strong communication. So whenever there's trust and people kind of know their own identities or roles, I feel like that's going to, in general, uh, impact a healthy corporate culture. And in, in communication, I think it's really important to communicate the good things and the bad things and being transparent. So that's what I think in general makes a good culture. I think a poor culture is obviously usually the opposite. It's when employees feel like a number, they feel like senior management or leadership doesn't have their back, Um, And when they feel like things are getting communicated too much behind the scenes and they're not in the loop. Um, Also, I feel that um, if they don't feel they're growing, I think professional development is an important thing, too. When employees feel like they're growing or they can improve or there's potential advancement, I feel like that's a good sign of good corporate culture when employees feel stagnant and they don't feel like they're utilized to their strengths, that's when I feel like there can be negative corporate culture. But I think it really comes down to the mission, the values and the communication, I think are really important. Um, I'll share one other thing though. It's easier to have a good corporate culture when things are going well and the company's doing well and profitable. You can see the same thing with sports teams. You know, when teams are winning or companies are doing well, you generally see people are happier. When teams are losing or companies are really struggling with their bottom line um, and they're forced to make tough decisions, it it squeezes things and it it makes it tougher to have a strong corporate culture. But I feel like the best leaders and the best cultures survive the ups and the downs, and it has to do with that communication, that respect, making people feel human and empowering them. So that would be uh, how I would answer that.
0: Yeah, I think it was really interesting that you brought up the idea of uh, a communication and transparency. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I see a lot of times in different workplaces is people not really knowing the impact that their role has. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And, And once people disconnect the idea that like what they do matters, that's when cultures really start turning toxic or bad. Right. And, and like one of the places where I see this the most is in a lot of B2B industries, right? Yep. Because it, it's great if you're on a social media team for the iPhone and you can go, man, we reached, <laughs> you know, 1.8 million people with that last uh, video we posted or the last TikTok we put out. That's phenomenal. But, you know, if you're working for, you know, a company that does tariffs, right? Helps companies yeah, yeah. with their tariffs. Your target market is so small that an engagement of six people might actually result in two customers. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) And sometimes these people feel like they're, they're, they're not really valued or they're not really impacting things. But a lot of times it's important for people to understand the bigger picture and understand what the goals of the overall company is because like you said, every company is different. Every company's goals are different. And, you know, some companies are out there trying to market to the mass market, some people are trying to serve a niche, some companies are trying to reduce the numbers of customers they have other customer companies are trying to get more customers. You know, and it's it's really about communicating that down the line and making everybody feel valued, and that they have a, uh, you know, a measurable effect on the outcome.
1: Yeah, you bring up a really important point. I mean, it, it is employees that feel that they're contributing that they're valued and and I, I didn't touch on recognition i think companies that prioritize recognition and find that right balance on recognizing things that you can actually measure and also the intangibles. So people love to be recognized if they're you know, hitting certain numbers or goals or bringing in clients or they're this much efficient or their productivity rates, but also there's intangibles and I feel like some superlative type of awards or recognitions or even just shout outs. It can be a private shout out. It can be an email. It can call some employee, but people appreciate re- being recognized. I feel like that's an important part as well amazing the the impact that just a
0: couple kind words can have especially if it comes from the top
1: yeah i mean exa- very i mean for me i mean I, I i remember working at groupon and watching it grow from seven employees to twelve thousand. and i remember i once kind of initiated a training on some objection handling and just invited everybody to join and i remember uh andrew mason the ceo you know said hey matt you know way to kick ass that was great or something like that and that like That little phrase or just him saying that, like, really, I felt emboldened. I just was even more gung-ho of everything going on. And I even know, even to this day, I work directly with our CEO, and I talk to him almost on a daily basis. But there was, I mean, just once or twice of him just recognizing me or some of my efforts to everyone. Um, As I said, it's greatly appreciated, and it continues to uh, keep me motivated, engaged, inspired. So I feel like I've personally uh experienced that and I've seen it with many others too. So yeah, so I
0: I mean we've talked about a lot of like the intrinsic motivations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how how feeling good is, you know, generally a good thing. But yep. I want to get into some of the more like concrete benefits of having a good culture. Right? Because there's a lot of ways to negatively motivate people and sometimes that you know, that gets results and it's sad, but it, it it does. So what is really like the benefits of embracing a good, strong, positive culture compared to, you know, something that might be cold results driven and you know, lifeless?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, I've read lots of different stats. I mean, again, and I've read uh, uh 95% of employees believe culture is more important than compensation, which I thought was interesting. Um, a positive culture can result in a 30% better customer satisfaction level. So um, companies with strong cultures see an increase in the top line and bottom line. So I feel like there's many benefits. I think when you have employee, you have a strong culture, you have employees more engaged. So they're more likely to be more productive. Uh, They're more likely to retain longer. So, and um, and you're going to do more collaboration. So I think it's overall going to help your top line, bottom line, reduce costs of turnover. So I feel like those are some of the most important things on uh, a strong corporate culture. I think it's just uh, better mental health, and again, better overall revenues and profitability. Um, and I feel like it's you know more the right thing to do is to try to have a strong culture and keep growing that. I mean, and, and then the opposite, uh, you, you, someone that has a poor culture. You got employees that start to talk badly about the company and leadership. You have them looking for other opportunities. They're not as productive. They're trying to find shortcuts, um, and it's really hurting your. It's in it hurting your top line, bottom line, the customer service because it 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 trickles down to how they're feeling, how they people treat customers, and it just has a, a, a negative spiral down effect. So, and I think good corporate culture, even if it's not a fit for an employee, employee leaves, the way somebody enters a company, that's important, their whole journey there, but also the way uh, employers exit employees or, you know, if somebody wants to leave, whether it's they're doing or not, I feel like you want to try to make that as strong as a, a positive experience as you possibly can. Um, and just do it with human decency, I think is really important. But again, to answer your question, Overall growth of the business is gonna be better with a uh, a positive culture and worse with a, a negative culture. Yeah, the
0: big one you pointed out there for me is retention,
1: right? Yes. Because
0: I think people don't really understand the impact of losing an employee and what that has on the business because it affects you in so many different ways, right? Not yeah. only do you have to now hire somebody else, Right. You now have to invest time, energy, possibly money into the recruiting process. You have to pay somebody to interview that guy. Then you have to make the decision to hire that person. Yep. Then you got to train that person. Then you got to hope that that person doesn't completely destroy your culture. You got to hope that that person's productive worker and that you don't have to repeat the cycle all over again, you know, 30 days later because the guy didn't show up to work three days in a week. Yeah. So, I I think a lot of people think it's as simple as plug and play, especially, you know, at the top. And as you start to realize how this is going to affect your team, that these people are directly working with, it's going to affect your hiring. It's going to affect your bottom line. It's going to affect you all across the board if you have high turnover. And when you have high turnover, uh, you get what I like to call the high school effect, right? And the yeah, high school yeah. and the high school effect is when you have a bunch of people standing around who know that there's nowhere to go. They're trapped here to get a paycheck, and they gossip with each other in the hallways. And there's bullies and bad actors, you know, hiding amongst the student population. And the management team is really just the principal and teachers trying to keep these people in line till four o'clock in the afternoon. And that's what happens when you have a bad culture: is that it, it it literally spirals to the point where management is more concerned about managing people's day than they are of achieving objectives.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. And by the way, there's so many different statistics. I. Um... But all the statistics that you look at, even if you see different fluctuations of things, it all shows the ROI businesses can see. I saw something this company, uh, Zipdo, had a a bunch of statistics sharing about the importance of positive corporate culture. And it said employees in positive work cultures are 12% more productive. So again, whether it's 2%, 10%, 12%, or 20%, you know it, it's still going to help and then i i read a deloitte study uh in march of this year and it shared it talked about um employees that appreciate the culture and feel there's learning or advancement opportunities they're 30 to 50 percent more engaged or higher retention rate so of kind of what you're sharing it all it all stays in line and i i like your analogy of that the high school effect or things like that because you know, a bad corporate culture um, starts bringing out the worst in people in many ways, and it gets that gossipy, and all of a sudden people start to silo off, and they start blaming others, and the, I mean, and that's where things instead just continue to go downhill.
0: Yeah, I I was thinking about that number. What was it? Thirteen percent is
1: that? supposedly. So a study that I read. This was uh, this was just like I want to say in August. Yeah, August. Um, yeah. Uh, this year, and it said that 12 employees in positive work cultures are 12% more productive. Again, I, again, how they exactly measure with all these studies, I don't know. But as I said, 12% more productive can make the difference of a company being thriving or, or, or really declining. So, that, I mean, it, 12% is, a it, it, when you're talking about companies, whether they're doing hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, or billions of dollars, I mean, that is pretty impactful. And if the data and the studies really show that, and it makes sense too, if you're happier, if you're engaged, if you like the company, you're going to go, you're going to work hard and you're going to go above and beyond and you're going to be less like, that's not my job. If you're really engaged with a good corporate culture, your general mind frame and attitude is what can I do to help this company be successful? And and, and it instills and it influences kind of all across all levels. So.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I'm sure it's not a one-for-one trade-off, but like just for example here, right? If if you have a million-dollar company Mm -hmm. that produces widgets, right? And theoretically, somebody was going to buy all these widgets, right? Producing 12% more widgets results in 12% more profitability if your employees are, you know, putting out 12% more and you're not hiring more, right?
1: Mm -hmm. It could also,
0: it also works at the very least in the other direction where maybe you don't have more demand, but maybe now you don't need to have a bloated staff. So you're saving on your cost structure. So Mm -hmm. either way, 12% is a major, major impact when we're talking about bottom lines and we're talking about profitability at the end of the day, especially when you realize that most businesses today have like a 20 to 30% profit margin. Right? So that could literally add 50% to your profit
1: Yeah. You
0: know, we're talking about overall improvement here. So like I said, it it can be pretty impactful and it's definitely something that's worth doing. So now that we've established it's, you know, something worth doing, how do we go about doing it, right? How do we go about building a stronger culture? How do we go about improving our own culture? And how do we find out, you know, what are the right steps for our business to
1: take? So again, every company's different. Every business is different. Every leader is different. They each has their own personality. But if there were actionable steps, I mean, one is uh, real simple: is uh, you know encourage employees to share what can we do to improve culture, and whether you have that as more of an open forum where people can share and speak out and be seen, or a, more of an anonymous forum for people to you know, email through a survey or things like that. These are things I, I strongly recommend all companies do some form of asking their employees, asking everyone, what can we do to be better? And then actually read all that and then come back with saying, we asked, you responded, this is what you shared. Here are some things that we're going to try to do better. I feel like that is one exercise that will help. Um, I feel that at to think about this professional development aspect, I think is important. And to think about what that can look like for every, again, company, employee division, that's different, but whether, I mean, there are some companies that can reimburse graduate school or courses and there's others where that's, you know, they might not have those budgets, but maybe there are other courses, um, you know, like LinkedIn Learnings or Udemy or encourage uh, employees to go to a conference And the company pays for that and then have that employee actually share notes and give a little presentation on what they learned and how the company could benefit. So there's, so professional development is another, um, one, it's a hot topic, but you see a lot of companies and data backs it up is, um, you know, investing in diversity. Um, you know, I read another study, uh, through a a growth force, and this was in September, a couple of years ago, talking about, um. Businesses with workplace with diversity have a 19% higher revenue. Um, and again, and diversity can mean a lot of things. I mean, obviously, uh, with everybody wants to feel valued and heard. And so I work with a lot of one of the things my company does, we work with a lot of diversity, equity, inclusion speakers. And it's really opened my eyes a lot. Um, but it's amazing whether, you know, different ages. I mean, in you know, in the tech space, you're seeing a lot of younger. Gen Z, millennials, but you know Gen Xers and Boomers, it's harder for them sometimes to have a voice, or they feel age discrimination. You know, my um, minority, whether uh, someone's Black, Hispanic, uh, in the LGBTQ community, it's just having um, an environment where encouraging people to have a voice. I think companies that invest in that typically see returns as well, and I think that can help strengthen a culture. Um, but as I said, each to their own, but those are some things I think that can all help. But I think the most important thing again is the, I'll go back to the mission. Does everybody understand what the company's striving for? Is everybody rowing in the same direction? And then again, when we met, we talked about transparent communication for better or for worse, we're going to share what we're working on, the initiatives, why, and it might Not everybody agree with it, but these are at least explain your reasons on the decisions making and the projects and make sure employees are feeling heard.
0: Yeah, I I really liked what you had to say there about employees being heard, because I was thinking about this in terms of like, if I'm going to start a business tomorrow, right? And I want to sell, I want to sell windows to homeowners, right? Yeah, what I would do is I would call a bunch of homeowners and ask them what they're looking for in a window. Yeah. And what kind of services they need revolving around these windows, what do they desire in windows? And then I would go out and I would design my window and come up with my marketing plan and my installation plan and the whole nine yards. Yeah. If I am a business owner and I want a results driven team of self starters who are real go-getters and don't need to, you know, have somebody babysit them all day. I should go find people like that. Yeah. And ask them what they want in a workplace.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. The same way I ask my potential customer what they would want. I need to ask my ideal worker the same thing. Right. So if I want to get a certain type of people or a certain type of culture going, I should ask people that fit that mold, you know, what they would need, what they would want, what would make them feel valued, what would make them feel heard. And then I need to start implementing some of that because a lot of times I don't think employers see themselves as, you know, basically competing for employees the same way they're competing for contracts or yep. sales but they are there are millions of places across the United States where other people could choose to work and they also need to attract talent if they want to attract the best or the most creative or the most results driven or the slickest salesman right they, they need to build a culture that those people want to be a part of
1: yeah um, you know it's funny, yeah, because I I uh, remember working with a company. It was a client that sold Windows, and they had a very uh, competitive culture where they were people were always being ranked. You can see, I mean, I just saw their sales culture, and it was high pressure. It was competitive, but the I remember the the founder. I mean, that was his personality, and he did hire similar types, and, and they knew it, and they and And they bought into it. And so I I like what you said about that. I think there's something it's a word that we hear all the time. I feel like it's overused, but I still I talk about a lot is this whole being authentic. I feel like leaders can evolve, they can change, they can grow, they can do trainings, but everyone's got their own unique personality. And and I think most people can read into that. And Even leaders that know their flaws. Hey, I might be hot-headed. I might swear things like that. Just saying, you know, if you're open, these these are the things I'm passionate about. These are the things that maybe I have some weaknesses and why I try to hire other people to compliment me. But I'm going to try to be my honest, authentic self. This is the culture I want to see. I hope you guys buy in. I'm open-minded. I want other opinions. But uh, you know, what you you know, people that really are themselves. Um, I think it makes a difference. It's like one of the reasons I've been so tied in with Yaymaker and my company, We Yaymaker also known for Paint Night, is our CEO, he's just really brutally honest on who he is, the good and the bad, and he really encourages others and he encourages others to really lean on their strengths and, and shines a light on that. And I feel like, so even if we might butt heads in some ways or I might disagree, I mean, he's very honest. Hey, I get very... He'll get very passionate about A, B, and C. I might about something else, but at least we we know where each other comes from. And again, I feel like for a CEO or a leader to say, here's who I am, here's what I hope from others, and I want to be collaborative, but I might not be perfect, but at least you you get a good sense of me. I just feel like this whole authenticity resonates with people. And I feel like people appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I think that's, an interesting point is the idea of authenticity rather than trying to change, right? Because if you start with let's let's say I buy a Mustang, right? Mm-hmm. There's only so much I can do to that Mustang. It's not going to become a pickup truck, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not going to become a Hummer, right? Right? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's gonna stay a sports car whether I add a spoiler, whether I add a hood scoop, whether I you know painted a different color, right? And like, these might be desirable things that I want to do to this car. But at the end of the day, it's still a Mustang, right? And it's the same thing with like business leaders, right? Is obviously when we want to improve, we want to get better. We want to take on more skills. But at the end of the day, you're not going to change the make and the model of the car, right? You're still going to be who you were. And because of that, it's important that... You realize what are those things that make you you and you work on improving the things that you
1: can improve to make you the best version of what you are. Yeah, um, I, I like your. You're very good with metaphors. I like your metaphors and I feel like it, that's what it is. It's a balance. How do you be yourself while trying to improve? And it's a balance. Um, and same thing with the company. There's companies can get in trouble, I feel like, when they try to do too much they're trying to be too many things there's usually one or two things that makes that company their product their service very unique special and and how do they lean into that and how does that tie into their culture too are they are they the are they the highest quality are they the the are they the fastest to the market are they the the most creative whatever i mean everyone's got kind of a unique advantage point to some degree and um you know that it's always that balance because everybody wants to kind of grow and try new ways of growing revenues partnership things like that but it's like knowing the core of who you are as a leader and knowing the core of what your company is really good at and what your customers and employees think of you when you can get all that aligned I um, and again using the analogy rowing the same direction i mean then then that's powerful um so i think alignment is a, a an important thing as well
0: yeah team is a group of people united for a common goal that's yep. the same thing with business yep so matt we're getting down to the end here i wanted to give you a chance to let the listeners know what are you up to next how can the listeners find you is you got
1: any final thoughts the last couple of minutes are yours. Thanks. Well, um, any I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, you'll see me talking a lot about corporate culture. Um, like Ray, but I like to interview other corporate culture leaders too. So Matthew Rolnick, you'll find me there. Um, anybody that wants to email me, um, especially as I said, my company Yaymaker does corporate team building events, So we have a lot of fun, exciting things. We have a lot of motivational, mental health, and DEI speakers. Uh, my first initial and last name M Rolnick at yaymaker.com. Um, and, uh, you know, my goal is to, uh, I mean, my voice has always been to encourage CEOs in particular, but all leaders to really be more of a servant leadership. And, uh, I got that from Paul Rosen, who's the CRO of ship Bob, but really, really a, a great leader. In my opinion, they're more focused on helping others and breaking down barriers and things like that. And, um, And really always try to improve culture. So, I mean, I think listening to your employees can be really powerful. So, um, it's the basics. I mean, treat people as humans and be honest and transparent. And if you keep focusing on those things, I think in the long run, good things continue to happen.
0: Awesome. Well, it was great having you, Matt. Everybody, I want to give you a reminder that we're both Monday and Friday every week. So, make sure you don't miss an episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Disruptive Minds podcast.